how can we as studio owners create and grow a business that generates consistent income and runs impeccably so we can live a comfortable lifestyle without working crazy hours or being chained to our business? This podcast is designed to answer that question. I'm your host, Alicia Jonas. Thank you for tuning in and let's dive into today's episode. This episode of the Dance Studio Amplified podcast is sponsored by my own Amplify Mastermind for online business owners, the brand new 12-month high-touch experience for business owners, consultants, and educators looking to cultivate their industry expertise and grow their business online. Amplify will give you the most up-to-date strategies, methods, and technologies and show you how to apply them to your unique business to maximize your results level up your visibility, and increase your bottom line. Whether you are looking to create consistent five-figure months, launch your signature program or product suite, or want to start a movement in your industry, there is one thing you can't afford not to have, and that's accountability and support from a tribe of like-minded women, like you'll find in Amplify. The program kicks off soon and spots are limited. Go to bit.ly slash Amplify Online Track to learn more and apply. I can't wait to see your business blow up in the next 12 months. Hey, hey, lovely studio owners. Welcome back to Dance Studio Amplified Podcast. It's your host, Alicia Jonas here, and I am super pumped to be hosting one of my most favorite people today, Allison Hardy. Allison is so amazing. I just can't wait for you to get all of the goodness from her and from this interview. She helps mompreneurs create six-figure businesses on their terms through a hearty dose of automation, strategic email funnels to sell their products and services, as well as leveraging authentic and social media through Facebook groups to become the go-to expert in their niche, which is amazing. You may think, oh, what's she going to have for me as a studio owner? Oh, just you wait. Just you wait, people. Now, Allison is the creator of the Six Figure Mompreneur podcast, a Huffington Post contributor, amazing, and has been featured in YFS Magazine and was named one of Washington, D.C.'s most influential professionals under 40 by Washington Life Magazine. She is a wife to Tear and a mom to five-year-old Camden and one-year-old Nora. Amazing. Welcome. I am so excited to have you here today, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, Alicia. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So talk to us a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur. You know, we talked about you're not a studio owner, but you are running an incredible business geared for mompreneurs, people who want to have a business, have a family, and basically have it all, right? So talk to us about that journey. Yeah. Well, my whole journey started because I got laid off from my nine to five when I was six months pregnant with Mr. Camden. Um, I was teaching college level arts. You know, I had all the fancy degrees. I had the fancy job, fancy office. This is what I was going to do until I was 65. And, you know, six months into my pregnancy with Camden, I got laid off. And it was a really scary time because I got laid off in June, like the end of the semester. So at least waited until that. And um, when you work, at, when you teach at the college level, you don't get hired again until March of the next year. So like 
there was nothing for me to do. I could not, it's not like anyone was going to hire a six month pregnant woman, let's be honest. And, you know, I had a degree in painting, like what was I going to do? I had nothing. Mm -hmm. So I had always had this sort of side hustle um, of personal training. I know that seems really far off, but I was a really active person. So I was on scholarship in college for pole vaulting, oddly enough. And, um, it was always like this kind of passion side project I had. I loved doing it. I trained my friends in my backyard and I was like, all right, well, I guess now it's time to make this whole thing work for me. So I kind of had a hybrid business for a while. I was doing in-person personal training and then I was doing online personal training through uh, offering my own programs, but then also offering programs from a network marketing partnership I had. So that was the business that I started from the ground up. I replaced my nine to five income in the three months before Camden was born. And then I totally all came crashing down around me because I did not make it fit into my life as a new mom. Um, After Camden was born, I had some pretty hearty postpartum depression. Couple that with like 5 a.m. trainings of clients and working like a crazy person all day long to, you know, make ends meet and to, to keep this like level up after having a kid, like just doesn't, it doesn't work. And so that's when I became really, really passionate about helping other people basically not do what I did. Um, I like nothing was automated in my business. Nothing was passive. It all required me to work and with a baby and the desire to grow my business and the desire to have more kids, Um, that just wasn't the way I was working was not sustainable. And so I basically transitioned everything again from personal training to what I'm doing now, which is uh, business strategy coaching. Amazing. Amazing. And I think as studio owners, we can so relate because most of us are moms or are going to be moms. And we're like, well, how can this business keep going. Like there's a lot of man hours and a lot of hands-on work that goes into our studios for most of us, or sometimes we're the one woman shows, right? And so if we're not working, our business is not making money or we're not getting more customers or just things aren't happening. Things are falling apart. So I think it's so key to recognize like we need to be putting things in place so that our business can work for us, whether we want to have more kids, whether we want to spend more time with our family, whether we want to go on vacation, we need to be thinking about that and not relying on constantly day to day being in our business, in our business, in our business. And also from a longevity standpoint, like what happens if you get in a car accident, heaven forbid, what happens if you get sick and you need to, or your, your kiddo gets sick and you need to take time off. Um, it's so important to be prepping, prepping for that and building the business that works now, just in case those things happen and also give us the freedom, right. That we want. Yeah, absolutely. Like life is like, life's going to happen. Like it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. That's going to require you not to work. And so during those times, this is a big like value I have in my business. If anything, during those times of that added stress of those times when you're not working, you probably need that business during that time. You need that business to provide for you. You need to bring in that income because things are probably going to get a little bit more expensive during those times. So like, I mean, a death, a baby, like things happen. So you have to like life proof your business. And so part of that is just having those systems, that automation in place to actually make it happen for you. Awesome. So you and I discovered that we both love automation 
We oh, are yeah. like automation nerds and I'm always talking with my audience about systems and automation. So talk to us as someone who loves automation too, with our brick and mortar businesses, what is one simple automation that you would recommend all of us start to get in place so that we are making our business work so that we are drawing in customers or nurturing our customers or making our business work for us? Yeah. So this is a really good, my gym does this. And so I was learning, you know, a couple years ago, I was learning about client onboarding and like what that actually looks like. How can we take care of our clients really, really well? And then I enrolled in a trial gym membership. It was a 30 day trial. And I was like, Oh, okay, let's see how this goes. I wasn't expecting anything to happen. So I enrolled into the 30 day gym trial and I was blown away by their onboarding sequence. So what that is, is just a series of emails that sent to me. One invited me to join their Facebook group. One invited me to book a time with a personal trainer. One invited me to like figure out my BMI, all these things. One invited me to like figure out my stress level. It was just basically like based on the goals that I had established during my like signing up for the trial. So one of the things I said is that I wanted to lose like 15 pounds and I wanted to reduce my stress. So I got these custom tailored emails sent to me based on based on getting myself towards a healthier BMI and getting myself towards like a lower stress level. And I was like, this is genius. How can I apply this to my business? So, you know, the same thing can be applied to studios. So I'm sure you guys have trials, right? Like try out a class for free or whatever we have. Um, and I have this in my business, you know, you can come into my membership site for seven days for free. And so when you come into my membership site or when someone tries up, tries out the trial in your studio, they can get sent a series of really niched, really heart-centered, really value-filled emails to make it so that they're going to stay with you. They're going to stay on after that trial is over. And they're going to be like, yes, I will gladly pay you however much money you charge a month to, you know, use your service. And it also, like the last day or two of the trial, you can send them an email saying, hey, in two days, you're going to get charged. If you don't want this, here's how you cancel. And it, it eliminates that whole getting the phone call at like, you know, right before you close or for me getting the panicked email at the end of the day saying, I don't want to get charged for this. Take me off. Like, I don't want this. You know, it eliminates that, eliminates that panic and makes everything a whole lot of a lot easier for everybody. So like your client onboarding process can be this really heart centered thing and you know, it's going to happen because you set it up and you schedule it. So you can set up triggers for when people enroll in certain things and funnel them into these email sequences that do these really cool things. Like tell them about your studio, tell them about you, tell them about the class, the instructor, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, it can be this like really, really cool thing that happens for you on automate. I love that. And you know, you know, I'm a fan of automation and just because it it's consistent, it happens whether life happens in your studio or not, you know, and I think how cool would that be for us as studio owners to say, okay, well, these people are in this age group. So we're going to send them only emails that are really, you know, we'll send them these nurturing emails, but we'll also send them emails specific to their age group, you know, specific to the program that they chose, whether it's music or dance or tumbling or whatever. I think that's really amazing. And it's just so much more personal, right? Than getting just um, the trial class confirmation or the sign up confirmation, you know, giving them that, that journey and showing them that you're thinking about them and that you've, um, 
you want them to know more about you, you know, because as soon as they, they establish that connection with you, the likelihood of them signing up or continuing on with you is so much higher, right? And because the, they, yeah. they feel like they know you, they like you, they trust you, all of that good stuff. And that's the whole goal of the entire thing, right? Mm, I love that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if they're a 65-year-old woman, you don't want you do not want them getting stuff about like kid care. Like that just doesn't, you know, doesn't work. Like they don't really probably care about that right now. <laughs> so like you can put them in this sequence based on the information they give you in the very beginning. You know, there can be, like I said earlier, like triggers that send them in certain places to to serve them in a bigger and better way. Because that's what we're here to do first and foremost, is to serve our our people, meet them where they're at. Yeah, exactly. Oh, awesome. So Allison, you are also kind of like, you're a marketing strategist. You love um, trying to like maximize the algorithms, right? Oh, yeah. And and so you guys just, you, you don't even know it. Allison is just a genius in this area. <laughs> um, I love watching what she's doing. So talk to us about, basically, if I'm a studio and I'm fighting with trying to get seen over all the noise, and I don't really want to sp spend money on ads for Facebook or Instagram, how can I, what's something I can do to be seen more often? How can we leverage that algorithm to work in our favor? Yeah, so if you're marketing your, I have this again, another value in my business. Like if you're marketing your business on social media, if you're using social media to drive traffic into your brick and mortar studio, we need to figure out like what the algorithm, number one, what the algorithm, algorithm is and like how to actually make it work for you. So the, the first thing that the algorithm really loves is consistency. And then along with consistency, it's engagement. So you need to be creating content on social. It's, it's my theory, in my opinion, that you need to do it every single day. So every single day at 8 a.m., you need to have a post that goes live or every other day at 8 a.m. or something like there has to be some sort of consistency there because that shows Facebook and Instagram for that matter that you're actually using the platform in a consistent regular basis. They're not going to reward you for posting once a month. It's just right. not going to happen. Right. Like, that's not how to use the platform. So like let's maximize the time that we're spending on the platform and let's get really, really consistent. And like there's tools, there's on your Facebook page, there's a built-in scheduler and you can use that. And you can also use the share button from that built-in scheduler. But let's talk about that in a little bit. But so consistency and then engagement. So you need to create content that people actually want. So mm -hmm. part of that is understanding what people actually want to hear from you. So whether it's, hey, try this green smoothie or hey, try this dance tip. I don't, I don't know. But like <laughs> information that can get people some quick wins and can really get people like, oh, this is cool. This is cool information. Like, how can I get more of this, right? So they're going to follow you some more. They're going to watch you some more if you're giving them valuable information that can be implemented and like they can get a quick win from. Um, and then like asking for engagement. So if you can say like, what do you guys think of this? Or give them a specific call to action. Give me number one in the comments if you agree. And number two, if you don't, uh, give me an emoji, like make it easy. Make it easy for people to engage and tell them what the heck you want them to do. So do you want them to share it? Do you want them to comment? Do you want them to like it? Do you want them to tag someone? Like what do you want them to do? So telling them like what the heck you want them to do. Because people, like people don't know what to do on social media. It's very clear to me. <laughs> Every right. People right. like the average Joe does not know how the heck to use social media. So it's your job to tell them how to use it and how to interact with your page or your profile or whatever you're doing. 
And then the third, one of the third, well, the third thing is using the share button. So Facebook values and Instagram value content being shared back and forth. So this is like using the actual share button, not just like copying and pasting. It's like using the share button and then sending that content somewhere else. So maybe you have like a, a general Facebook page for your studio and then maybe you have one for like your kids programs or your tumbling classes or your music classes. So you can take the content from your main page and then share it to these other pages strategically, of course. So like for the kids stuff, you're not going to share stuff about geriatric fitness. I don't know. You're not going to like, it's going to make, it has to make sense, (laughs) (laughs) but like using that share button and using it regularly can really help to increase visibility because you're not only going to be sending the content that was on the main page to your kid page and then kid page to main page, but you're going to have both of those audiences kind of watching both of those. And Facebook again, likes that. They like it when you use the share button and they like it when you send content elsewhere because that's how content becomes viral. So content gets viral when there's, I don't know the exact number, but when there's lots of shares all at once or within a very short amount of time, that's how content gets viral. And that's how content gets boosted in on social media is because people are sharing things quickly and in a short amount of time. So the more shares you can get, the more likely your content is going to get seen and engaged with, which again, people like or Facebook likes and they'll boost it some more. So the more engagement, the more sharing you can get, the more visible your content is going to get. I love that. Those are all great, great tips. And I think that sometimes we think like, particularly when it comes to creating a video, like we want to do a Facebook live or we want to share a video on our page. We think what needs to be the super long, like five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute thing. And it doesn't like Facebook actually prefers like between 30 seconds and three minutes or something like that. Cause, cause they don't want people sitting and watching videos all day. They want people engaging and commenting and um, more relevant conversations happening on Facebook and Instagram. They don't want people just binging like YouTube, like they do on YouTube. Right. So I think that that's something to keep in mind is it it doesn't need to be this big epic Facebook live of your entire open house or your entire recital. It just can be a little snippet. Yeah. And let's be honest, guys, that's kind of boring. Like if you're broadcasting your entire recital, granted, there are going to be some people that watch it, But for the most part, nobody's going to sit there and watch your hour-long, two-hour-long recital. Like, it's not going to happen. And if they start to drop off, Facebook views that as not being interested, interested, like content that's interesting. So, like, your content needs to be short so that people can watch from the beginning to the end. Because when they do that, that tells Facebook, hey, this was really valuable. We're going to boost this some more. Or we're going to get it in front of more eyes. We're going to send it to colder audiences instead of this warm market that we've been sending it to. So like your goal should be to get people to watch from the beginning to the end. And especially the replay. Like 80% of the people that watch your Facebook lives, watch them on the replay. So remember that when you're creating that content that probably most people aren't going to be live. And that's okay. But like keeping that in mind and making sure that you're still staying engaged is really important. Loving this episode of the Dance Studio Amplified podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review. I would truly appreciate it as it helps me reach more amazing studio owners and educators like you doing so much to make a positive impact. 
Right. Totally. And I can't tell you how many times, like when I go live, there'll be like four people watching or six people watching. I'm like, ah, I planned this and no one's watching, but actually more Allison, you're so right. More people do watch the replay. And yeah. even if they're not commenting, even if they're not liking and stuff, that's still good, right? That's still good for, for Facebook algorithm for, to have those views and to have those people watching. And you have to remember guys that how many people just lurk on your page and don't comment, don't, <laughs> right? So, so don't take no responses, no comments, nothing as a sign that you shouldn't do it. Keep doing it. Um, and just know that there's going to be people that never, never engage and never comment, but, but it's okay. Cause you will, if you're consistent with it, it will grow, but you got to be consistent because then it's going to be consistently showing it to people who are following your page, who are on the platform. Um, so keep it up. Right. Yeah. And sometimes like, it's a matter of also kind of like training your audience. So if your audience isn't used to seeing Facebook lives from you, and then all of a sudden you start doing them twice a week, they're gonna be like, Oh, wait, what is this? What, what I do here, what I do with this, right? It's a new thing. So sometimes it's a matter of just being really consistent in that so people know, oh, she's doing these videos. Oh, well, maybe I should watch them. And they maybe have to see it come up two or three times before they actually sit down and watch one. So you'll notice if you commit to doing like a Facebook Live, for example, two times a week for two months, the first couple of ones, nobody's gonna watch and that's okay. But the last couple of ones, you're gonna have a consistent kind of audience there. And it's gonna grow every single time because you're, again, you're kind of like training your audience, as weird as that sounds to say, it's true. Mm -hmm. I have a kind of a funny story. So when I first started going live, um, I had someone pop on who was a relative of mine and I said hello to them on the video and they immediately, they told me later, they immediately jumped off because I guess they were like um, on the toilet. <laughs> I could see them. And I'm like, no, I can't see you. I just saw your name. You oh, pop up. So that's just shows like people don't know. They don't know. Like if you acknowledge them that they're watching, they might freak out and jump off, but that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. They're learning just like you are. That's yes. hilarious. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you're a mama of two yes. beautiful kiddos. Oh, thank you. Let's talk about balance. Cause I know you have a very, um, a schedule where you try to be as present as possible with those kiddos. So talk to me about how you kind of manage your life with, as a mom, your life as a business owner and all that good stuff. Oh, it's hard. So just like know that it's hard. <laughs> and I think there's also no such thing as balance. I think that that is like an ever elusive thing. And I think it also kind of revolves around the idea of perfection, which also doesn't, doesn't exist. Um, and so I think when you chase down like balance, I think it just doesn't work. So my personality is so much that I am like an all or nothing person. So I am either like fully in or fully not in. And I'm also an Enneagram nine, which I know you can relate to. Yes. Enneagram <laughs> nines in the house. <laughs> yeah. So we're like people pleasers. Yes. So it can be hard it can be really hard to establish boundaries because you're like, oh my gosh, what if this person, this person might leave me or, oh my gosh, is this person going to be disappointed if I don't respond at eight o'clock at night? You know, like, no, they're not. First off, they're going to respect you for establishing those boundaries. But it's also like a matter of getting really clear as to what the heck it is that you're doing, why you're doing it and how that actually gets accomplished. So 
like I have really rigid work hours and my family knows that when it is time for mom to work, it's time for mom to work. No matter what happens, like if the house is on fire, like figure out a way to make this <laughs> go down. I'm not in the office. Like we are working. <laughs> every work day. So like, I think it's a matter of establishing really clear boundaries, being very clear with everyone involved that I am working during this time. I am not to be interrupted. And I also think it's a matter of being really, really intentional in what the heck it is that you're doing. So I know procrastination is like a big thing that a lot of people deal with. And it's a great way to occupy yourself when and tell yourself that you're busy. But a lot of times that, you know, that stuff we're doing during procrastination doesn't actually move us forward. So Sometimes it's a matter of like eating the frog first. If you guys have ever read the book by Ryan Tracy, Eat the Frog. Mm -hmm. Like the hard thing or the thing that you kind of don't want to do or the thing that makes you really uncomfortable just first thing in the morning and getting it done so it's done and it's off your plate. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Sometimes it's a matter of like boiling everything down to your one thing. That's another really great book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, And getting really clear on what the thing actually is that moves you forward. And again, getting that done first thing in the morning. Like I'm a big fan of just getting the hard stuff done and out of the way. So the rest of the day is kind of fun. But like acknowledging that there are these things that I have to get done and being just really unapologetic about it and about like what doing these things, how that moves you and your business and your family and your life forward and being really just unapolog- I always say this, but being unapologetic about it, like just knowing like this is what I need to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's so, I love that, the eat the frog thing. And I've heard that before okay. too. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think it's really easy to say, oh, I've got this, these, you know, five to do's and I'm just going to hold off on this big thing. And I'm going to do these other easy things, which yeah. may not necessarily be the highest, best use of your time, which might not necessarily move the needle as much you know, like maybe your first thing is make the fall schedule, which is an epic job for a studio owner. But your other things are uh, do a social media post or send that email or return that phone call. Well, the schedule actually is what drives your business. It's what's going to get people enrolling. Needs to be done as soon as possible. But it's really easy to feel like you're being very productive and do all those little things first, right? So I think we really need to recognize that like what's really going to be the most important, what's really going to be important for the future of your business, for sustainability of your business, rather than just saying, oh, I could, I can check off these three things and I feel super productive, even though it's not really the most important thing, right? Yeah. And like thinking also about your, your own bandwidth as the owner of the studio, like if you need to get this fall schedule done, that's, that's paramount. That's like the first thing because after you can get that done, you have, I can only imagine how much peace of mind you have. Like, it's just like, oh, it's done. And I don't have to do that again until the winter. Um, so like getting those big things that will give you peace of mind, that you know, need to get done. Sometimes that's, that should be the motivator. Like maybe it doesn't exactly move your business forward that day, but it's the thing that gives you the most serenity or the most calmness and like helps you to feel better in your business. Cause that's also very important that you have, that you feel okay in your business. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. yeah. So talk to us about your daily routine with your kiddos, with your work schedule. Um, kind of go through that with us because I know that we can all learn so much from how you balance it all together. Yeah. So we have a little bit of a 
different way of working for most people. So my husband's a pastor. So he works a lot on Sundays and Saturdays. So Saturdays and Sundays are usually like my time with the kids, which are fine. And that's great. Um, so he's actually home on Mondays all day. He's off on Mondays and he has a really flexible schedule Thursdays and Fridays. So like, yeah, he works, but he can work from home. He can work from the coffee shop. He can work for four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon. Um, you know, like really whatever kind of like do his own thing on those days. Cause he doesn't really have any actual meetings those days. Um, so like he takes the kids on Monday. So like it's a Monday today, which is why I'm recording this with you because he's got the kids. I don't worry about it. And I get like a solid, solid, solid work day in on Mondays. And that's like when I do all my stuff, like my recording, it's usually when I do my group coaching calls for my mastermind, like all the things, all the, like the deliverables for the week. Usually when mm-hmm. I, usually what happens on Mondays, Tuesdays are my Nora day. So she has dance class in the morning, which is so <laughs> fun to do. And then, um, we just like, I just grant myself permission to be fully present with her on Tuesdays and she naps in the afternoon and sometimes I work, sometimes I don't. And I'm okay with that. Wednesdays and Thursdays and Cam, I should say this, Camden's in school. So Camden's Mm -hmm. in in first grade now. So he's in school like eight to three, which is cool. Um, Wednesdays and Thursdays, she goes to preschool. So she goes from nine 30 until one. So those are my days for like, uh, kind of like passion projects. So like video series, recording, um, things that my client, not necessarily client work. It's all kind of the other stuff in my business, like recording IGTVs and doing those like visibility things. Mm -hmm. I schedule all of those on Wednesdays and Thursdays mornings. Um, and like marketing, usually I schedule on Wednesdays and Thursdays mornings because I just have like the brain space and I know she's taking care of. Kim's taking care of tears, not here. So like, let's make this happen. Like it's a very much like a work day. Yeah. And then Fridays are usually like podcast days. So that's when I um, check in with my podcast team, check in with my marketing for that. And I kind of just like check all the boxes on Fridays, like make sure everything's taken care of for the next week. All the marketing's figured out any like Facebook ads I need to check in with. I run my own ads because I I'm a nerd and legit like doing it. <laughs> well, she's really good at it too, you guys. She's really good at it. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I like really, I'm such a nerd. I love Facebook ads. It's such like this weird thing I have, but I just really love them. So, like I check in with the ads. I check in with all the marketing. I check in with like email marketing. I see if the funnels are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's all like those things, like the dotting the I's, the crossing the T's, making sure everything's kind of like squared away. And I do that while um, Nora is napping in the afternoon. Sometimes on Friday mornings, my mom will come over, which is super cool, um, and kind of wrangle her in the mornings and go to the park and do all that stuff with her. But I also don't really want to miss that stuff. Like that's like cool time. Like the fact that my mom lives close enough to me that we can do that. That's like a really cool thing for me. So um, the thing I think with my schedule that is really important for me is presence and choice. So like I want to be present in whatever it is that I'm doing. So I don't want to be distracted while I'm working. I don't want to be distracted while I'm with my kids. And then I also want to be able to choose. Like I want to be able to be like on Tuesdays, I'm not working. I'm going to dance class and then I'm taking a nap in the afternoon while Nora naps. Or I'm going to chill out and not do anything because I can. Or I'm going to take her out to lunch and we're going to have a good time. Like that choice for me is really is a really big one. And I think it's because when I was in my nine to five, I didn't really have a choice. You know, when you you teach at the college level, there are certain things you have have to teach a certain number of classes. I have to do all this committee work. I have to do all the personal development because that's how you get tenure. Like I had all these things I had to do, which 
are great. I get it. But it was just, I just a lot of times felt like I didn't have a choice. So that's a big motivator for me. Yeah. I love that basically the theme that I'm getting from this is like intention, like what yeah. you, you intend to work or you intend to be present with your kids or with your family. And I love that. And I think that's so like, I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we think like every day has to be the same. We have to be getting everything done every single day. And no, like we're entrepreneurs because we can't, we want to create a lifestyle that works for us, for our families. And it doesn't have to look a certain way. We don't have to be working Monday through Friday, nine to five, or at the studio from four to 10 every single night. Like it can be flexible and change as our family changes, right? Yeah. 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 And that's again, like goes back to my personality. I'm a really like all or nothing person. So I have to be like, if I get distracted when I'm working with like life stuff, it just like, it just really derails me. Like I cannot, I can get back into it. So like, it works for my personality because that's kind of just how I'm wired. Um, but yeah, intention, like that's just such a big thing. Like on Thursdays and Fridays, if I want to go out with Tier for lunch while Nora's at school, I'm like, cool, like let's make that happen. But if I don't, it's cool too. Like it's just that kind of like that intention and that choice. Yeah. Mm, mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about advice. I know you've probably received a ton of advice <laughs> in your time as an entrepreneur or as, um, in the workforce, whatever, what mm-hmm. is the best advice that you have ever received? Oh my gosh. Well, I got no advice when I worked as a nine to five. I didn't know that happened. It was all like, what? You want a family? That's weird. <laughs> um, it was very much so not a family friendly environment, but as an entrepreneur, I think the best piece of advice I ever got, it was kind of like twofold. So number one, build your email list. Cause that's how you get new clients. Um, and I wish I would have taken that advice early on, but I did not. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, is it goes along with the email list. So like have that automation in place to do those things that actually move your business forward on automate for you. So like build the email list, but don't do it actively. Like have some Facebook ads running. It doesn't have to be this big, crazy thing. It doesn't have to be thousands of dollars every month. You can spend $5 a day on Facebook ads and get three people in your email. And that's cool. Like that works, but it's all about these like consistent, actionable things that you do every single day that move your business forward, no matter how much every single day, but every single day, something should happen in your business. That is a direct revenue producing activity. So like building your email list, like you should get someone on your email list every single day. Like that's like a good challenge. It's what I challenge my my legacy mastermind ladies with. Okay, this month you're getting one person on your email list every single day, or you're getting three people, or five people, or ten people, whatever it is for that person. Um, just like moving your business forward in that way. And if you can do it on automate, that's like the holy grail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I love how like your philosophy is basically like like have your business running on automate, see, you know, creating income on automate, making it as automating as many of the tasks as possible so that you can't, you know, so that like life doesn't interfere. Right. And that's back to our whole conversation at the beginning about, you know, things happen, life happens and, um, putting those pieces in place so that it's all working regardless of how much, you know, physical labor or sit down at your desk labor you're putting into your business. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what are you working on right now? What do you have going? Because you all you have so many things that you do. You have a podcast, you have a membership site, you have a mastermind. Talk to us about what you are working on right now. Yeah. So my business is oriented in 90 day goals. So like right now when we're recording this, it's Q3. And so the focus of Q3 is the membership and Instagram. So I pick like a platform and a program. So like right now I'm working on growing my Instagram and following and I'm working on a launch for my membership site um, at the end of September. So like every single thing I'm doing right now is to do those two things. Now Q4, it'll shift because I'm going to be launching my mastermind and I really want to grow my Facebook group a little bit more. So like everything's going to shift towards that. So like it helps me to, it helps me because again, I'm an all or nothing person and it helps me just to stay focused on exactly what I'm doing during that time. Um, and just to be like, really clear with myself and even with my audience about what the heck it is that I'm doing right now. And so like the podcast, for example, everything right now is working towards the membership sites like launch. And then in Q4, again, it's going to shift to everything working towards the mastermind and talking about the mastermind and the visibility and interviewing my, my ladies in it that are in it now and like really publicizing that. Um, so everything moves towards the different focuses. Awesome. I love that idea. And I think that that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned recently is like, you have to tell your audience what your, your audience needs to be clear on what you're promoting right now. So yeah. for us right now for studios, it's our dance classes. And then in a few months, maybe it is a winter session. And then in a few months it'll be summer. So from day to day to day, it's not like you're post you're, you're advertising your classes one day and then you're advertising a camp another day and then you're advertising your merch another day. Like, like kind of be consistent, even if it's just for a week, like, mm -hmm. Pick, picking out, okay, this week we're, we're focused on our classes, then the next week we'll focus on get your dance shoes, and then next week we'll focus on buy your tickets for the winter program or whatever. Like being more consistent just helps. Um, and who knows, you know, our audience does, doesn't see everything we post every single day, right? So we need to really make sure we're consistent in that for that reason. Yeah, yeah. So like if it's recital season, you can post about picking out your your costumes, your, your uniforms, whatever you call them. Like it can be focused on that. It can talk about making sure your clothes are dance ready. It can talk about the makeup, the hair, you know, everything that goes into it. Um, it doesn't have to be like, yay, recital season, yay, recital season. It can be like this really fun thing, but like think about all the things that go into a successful recital. Talk about that over and over and over again, because people now need to hear, what is it? It used to be like eight times they could hear about something. Now it's like, 21 times or something crazy before they actually do anything before they take action. So like talk about it and you may feel like a broken record, but again, like you said, nobody's, nobody sees every single thing you do. Right. Totally. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Allison. Will you please tell our audience where they can find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, it's just Allison underscore Hardy underscore. And then you can listen to my podcast, the six figure mompreneur podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Allison. I got so much out of our conversation today and I know our audience will as, as well. I appreciate your time and thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Uh, we'll talk soon. Bye. much for listening to the Dance Studio Amplified podcast. I hope today's episode has been so helpful for you. Be sure to visit theconfidentdancestudio.com 
where you can join the conversation, access all the show notes, and discover all sorts of free content designed to help you in your studio. 